0: Welcome to the Catches You podcast. Today's guest is Ray Ricker, positional coach with the Philadelphia Phillies. Ray, thanks for coming on today. Uh, Excited to have you. Really excited to talk some catching.
1: Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, um, biggest thing um, that I wanted to kind of get into, and one thing I always like asking catching coaches and guys uh, when we first talk is, you know, what, what are your favorite things about, coaching the the position uh that really kind of you know get your brain going and get you working
1: yeah no i really uh really enjoy the the leadership aspect of it I really enjoy that you know it's one it's the only position you're involved in every single play i mean obviously now with you know all the metrics i, I really love throwing i mean receiving obviously the hot hot topic you know lately with everybody and uh, i mean it's just everything you know, if you take a playoff, you're noticed. So just being engaged in that, in that play, every single, every single play, I mean, there's no, there's no position like it. And, um, you know, that's what I really love about it.
0: No, I, I agree. I think it's, it's funny. It's, it's such a position that the faults and the, uh, the positives, the pros and the cons come out so quick, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is when I when I when I go to a game or I and I watch, you know, some young catchers, you hear coaches like, Oh, that's not right. It's like, well, what do you think he should do to change it? Well, I don't know. I'm not a catching guy, but that doesn't look right. And it's funny because, you know, a shortstop in a youth game may have five, six defensive chances to impact the game. And you know, he may make a mistake, but it's not it's not highlighted. Whereas if a catcher has a, a has an issue or or has something that um maybe is a little bit of a deficiency it it, it gets noticed right away Um, and vice versa if a kid's really good behind the plate you know it kind of it kind of stands out you know really um, you know really quick so you know one thing um, obviously the catching world has just completely in the last you know three years or so uh, it's kind of changed and I think for me, the biggest thing that I've seen is just it's become a little bit more about making sure the catcher is set up for success uh, defensively um, rather than kind of being stuck in certain positions. I mean, so that was one question I have for you is like, where what's the biggest change that you've seen in the position and the coaching of the position in the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I graduated high school in ninety nine. So, I mean, my high school practice was basically we hit in and out. I catch the ball, flip it to the coach. He hit the fungo, and, and that'd be done with it. I think now, um, and there was never really a, a catching coach anywhere, you know, it was right. kind of like I got a DVD from, you know, baseball world and, you right. know, did those in, in my basement. But, you know, I think now with the specific, um, receiving drills, blocking drills, there's catching coaches. Um, I think just more setting, like you said, setting them up for success, um, And just kind of knowing the game a little bit more it's it is one of those positions like you you mentioned earlier that it's highlighted you know like a shortstop can miss a ball and it's ah, but you drop one ball behind the plate and it's it's the end of the world you know I mean we we handle the ball so many so many times and you know that's the thing is being engaged on every single play but I think the the biggest thing is just the athleticism of the the catchers before it used to be like oh he's fat he's out of shape put him behind the plate and now you see you know at the big league levels these guys are former shortstops transitioning to behind the plate so you see a lot more athleticism and you know that's the biggest thing is you hate coaching the athleticism out of the kid no matter what position he plays but now I think the the athleticism out of the catcher is is just becoming um you know that much more greater.
0: No, I think that's a great point because, um, you know, I get to work with a lot of youth catchers and a lot of younger players and, you know, the best athletes, you know, they all want to play shortstop or, uh, you know, maybe move to center field. And sometimes it's funny. It's like you hear a common thing like, well, he's too athletic to be back there. And, but then you, you look at the big league level and it's the exact opposite. You know, you're trying to find the best athletes that you can and, you know, and get them behind the plate. Uh, you know, you know, obviously, you know, a guy like Buster Posey played nine different positions in one college game. Uh, you know, and he's been a staple behind the plate. Uh, you mentioned uh, shortstops moving to behind the plate. Um, I've been absolutely blown away watching Nola catch. Um, he's only been catching like four years. Uh, just you know, you know, wicked athletic back there. Um, you know, so I, I think that I, I, I think. It's, it's, it's so funny that you, you said that, you know, you don't want to take the athleticism out. And it's like that stigma of the big catcher behind the plate, you know, oh, he can't run or oh, we'll put him back there so we can run for him when he gets on base. Uh, that's kind of going away, uh, but still hasn't trickled all the way down to, you know, the youth level where kids are like, I want to get back there and, you know, and be a plus athlete.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you handle it so many times. It's like the shortstops always and in the college when, where I came from, it's, you want to have, you know, on the infield, you want to have four shortstops in the outfield. You want right. to have three center fielders, but it's always that catcher. It's like, if you lose your catcher during the season in the college season, it, it's going to be a tough year. Like right. you have to have some guys. And it's the one spot. If you lose your shortstop, like your second baseman can chip over, something can happen. You lose that catcher and you don't have a, you know, a good number one and a good number two and you go, that guy goes down, like you're, you're in for some trouble on that year.
0: No, I, I agree. And, and, and it's funny because it seems like so many people until they get to college where they're playing, you know, a ton of games don't necessarily find the value in having more than one stud catcher, right? Like most teams, like even in high school, you have one catcher, um, you know, and then uh, your backups kind of whatever, normally if your backup's really good, he's playing third base or, you know, but he's not, people don't necessarily like interchange their catchers, uh, you know, at the high school level or even at the youth level where, you know, you have five games in a weekend, you you, know, you get, you know, two pool games and a playoff game and then, you know, two playoff games. So you're playing five games and, you know, you routinely see catchers uh, catch, you know, four, five games behind the plate because, you know, coaches are like, well, you know, it's a big drop off, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I, was very fortunate the past couple of years uh, in my high school program, I've had some just, you know, uncommon talent, you know, come through, uh, you know, my area, I, I I've had, um, you know, basically three, three different guys that will go on to play college ball and two uh, had signed with power five conferences. And, And it it forced me to not be lazy when it came to my catching Uh, in practice. You made a reference earlier about catchers flipping you the ball while you hit fungo and and everything. And I think it was because I had so much talent behind the plate and I had a a nice, healthy competition. It kind of forced me, even as a catching guy, to give those guys 30 minutes where they were able to uh, get machine work in or uh you know get some blocking work in where it wasn't just all right catch pens we'll figure it out there uh you know team D and that's all you get uh you know um but it, it it's like like you said it's like I always am trying to get you know three catchers that can actually catch on a team you know and, and like you said like if if a catcher goes down and your team's set up the way most teams are your your whole thing is is different. It's it's, you know, the whole vibe of your team. Uh, you, you mentioned leadership or like everything changes very quickly. Not saying other positions. Right. Don't impact it. But because the catching position, like you said, handles the ball so much. It's just highlighted so very quickly. Um, now, I think that's, you know, yes. that's a great point.
1: Yeah. And it also affects your pitching staff too. Cause I mean, everybody puts all their time into the pitching staff. If that guy in the bump doesn't feel comfortable throwing that breaking ball in the dirt and having that catch and go get it, or he doesn't feel comfortable if that catcher keeps losing strikes and that umpire behind him is not raising his right hand. Now that pitcher who's as we catchers know those pitchers, you know, we got to kind of baby him a little bit. And if, if that, if he thinks that's a strike and he's not getting that call and he thinks it's because of the catcher, you know, now, now it's a whole different set of problems.
0: Right. No. And I mean, and that'll happen. That happens all the time where, you know, you get certain kids that, you know, want to throw to only one guy. And, um, you know, and, and it's, and, and like I said, it's, it's sometimes because we, I think the position still hasn't gotten that, that, you know, lack of a better word, that sexiness to it. Um, you know, you start seeing more kids kind of, you know, gravitating to, you know, infield or, you know, wanting to play center or pitching, right? I think pitching has become, you know, really, really cool. It's always been important, uh, but it's been really cool, you know, with certain companies that have, you know, kind of unlocked kids where now kids are throwing hard, like throwing mid-80s and throwing 90s now is like way more consistent than it's ever been. Um, You know, so it's – for me, when I watch that, it's like, you know, I'm always so fascinated on how do I get more kids to want to catch um, because once they start catching, once they start realizing that they actually can control the game and they're way more involved in the game than they are in any other position, it's really hard to get some of those kids you know, from out behind the plate once you get them back there.
1: Yeah. It takes a special person to put on the gear. I mean, you've got to love going home with the seams on your wrist and like your legs burnt from, you know, the shin guard straps on your back. And, (laughs) you know, it's just, you gotta be a little, you gotta be a little special, a little kind of crazy, you know, to kind of put the gear on, love doing it. And, you know, obviously it's such a tough defensive position and, you know, it's a mentally exhausting position with, you know, everything as you keep going higher and higher that, you know, sometimes your offense struggles and, you know, mm-hmm. we spend enough time banging balls around in the cage that, um, you know, nobody wants to see their offense struggle, but nobody realizes the intrinsic value that you bring behind the plate that can sort of, you know, supersede what you do, you know, in the box. So, um, it's just, yeah.
0: And kind of going off that one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a, from a guy, from a catching guy and. um. When I was younger, he just, he basically said, you know, hey, you like the hit? I was like, yeah, I like the hit. And he's like, are you good at him? Yeah, I'm okay, you know? And he goes, all right, cool. How many pitches do you see as a batter in a game? And I was like, probably not enough, you know? (laughs) But uh, he was like, you know, he's like maybe nine. He's like maybe six, you know, maybe have a a long day in the box and it's like 12 plus. I'm like, yeah. He goes, how many you see as a catcher? 100, 120. He's like, you can't ever let, Nine pitches dictate 120. Um, as a cat, and, and that's and that's kind of like you know, don't you know, people always talk about don't take uh your at bat into the game defensively. Uh, you know, you can get lucky and the ball not come to you playing in a position. Um, but as a catcher, yeah. it's it, it, as soon as the first pitch happens, you know, you, you you are going to be involved defensively in that next inning. The ball is not just finding you, it's it's coming to you.
1: And I think that's the toughest thing for, for youth and high school, college, and even some pro guys is, is separating that, separating that bat because once you get that gear on and, you know, get out of the dugout and get behind the plate, like you have to have some sort of clear, like whether it's, you know, firing it to second base, whether it's as soon as you put your face guard on, whether it's first, as as soon you slam your, you know, shin guard on that, boom, we're done. You can be upset about that at bat, but once that face mask or once you let that ball in between in and go to second, that's when, you're not a hitter anymore. You're, you're part of the battery. And you're part of the um, part of the solution for, for the next inning on defensive, because again, we don't want to have any part of our pitcher feel, you know, Oh, he's, you know, Ray's not locked in back there. Like, Oh, uh, like I've got to nibble around and that's when big innings can happen just by, you know, your, your body language by, you know, everybody's going to feed off you. You're that one guy that everybody's looking at.
0: Right. It's a huge difference between one, and in the count, no and one. And, and if you're not, if you're not mentally locked in, you're going to go one zero more, and more than you're going to go 0-1 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so wanted to talk one one kind of small thing mechanically with you. Uh, one thing that I've seen a lot of that I, I think it's really cool, and I think it's a it's a concept that is is growing because everybody's different. It's kind of like hitting, right? Everyone you know does things differently, but there's certain things that you have to do to have success. Is pre-pitch movement, Um, you know, it it used to just kind of be hold your glove and then it was a quarter turn. And now you see guys starting with their glove on the ground. Now you see guys kind of relaxing, moving. Um, You know, there's certain movements that you're starting to see uh, from, from catchers at all levels. And for me, it's, it's really, really interesting. And and something because I really like the individuality of it. I don't like putting anybody uh, in a box and just kind of, you know, kind of what you've seen and kind of some of the things that, you know, maybe you've played with, um, you know, you've coached around and stuff like that, you know, when it comes to that pre-pitch movement.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the pre-pitch, obviously now, like you said, everything's getting a little bit different with, you know, going against the ground and, I like going against the ground. I mean, I used to be the high five, the handshake and, you know, and, and all that. So I really like, you know, obviously we want to work up underneath the glove. Um, I kind of think about that, that um, left thumb being screwed into the ground and kind of getting that elbow starting to move, move up so we can get underneath the ball. Um, What I see out of pre-pitch movement, um, a lot of guys, they bounce their ball bounce their glove off the ground. So working, if you like kind of slow things down and look at it slow-mo they'll start it up they'll go down and then even before that pitch is released that glove is going back up so we're sort of negating the whole point of working underneath the baseball and what that ground move is is gone to so I think a lot of times a lot of coaches who you know maybe don't have that catching background don't like the glove going against the ground just for the fact of they might be pitching coaches right that hey Mm -hmm. you know look at the glove look at the glove and you know, they don't the pitchers don't need I don't know when that came about where, hey, you got to stare at the glove in order to, to, you know, throw a strike, you know, but you can focus on a shin guard on the, the Nike logo on, on the face mask where you want that pitch to go. So as long as it's not deterring what the pitcher wants to do, because obviously we're there to serve him. Mm -hmm. um you know because there's different pitchers that's where you have to learn your pitching staff that they might not like the glove going against ground I mean um there's different pitchers in the big leagues that um that I've talked to some you know some catchers that they're like hey they don't want any glove moving. they want it being still so I think knowing the pitcher catcher relationship but um just for, for instance like high school college guys college guys when I was at uh post um if they want to go to the ground, we hadn't go to the left of the belly button. Cause that would be the toughest pitch for them to handle is that pitch coming in um, where they sort of get handcuffed. So if those guys were spraying the ball all over, all over the place, if we get to the left of our belly button um, that's going to sort of help get around it and sort of um, work our scap around the baseball. If that if that makes Yeah, sense. no,
0: I think, I think that's huge. And I think the, the biggest thing also is uh, you said one thing that's really like a lot of guys, because most coaches uh necessarily didn't play the position just because you know on a team there's one catcher and there's eight other guys on the field um but it's kind of like like you said like the whole target right like I have a target um and and a lot of pitching guys are scared to kind of see those tunnels or that 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 focal point you know go away Um, I, I try really hard to talk to our guys, you know, leadership and as like at the youth level, it's, it's hard to, to have like the follow me, you know, type, you know, presence. Now, some kids have that and that's natural and stuff, but a lot of kids, you know, don't necessarily have that. And we always try to say, communicate, you know, just try to be a great communicator. And one thing that I have my catchers do in, in our Academy is we, we have a chart and we try to chart everything uh for how we catch a bullpen and what we see but then the the one thing i make them do at the end of the bullpen is i have the pitcher rate their catching and it forces the two of them to talk about it and you know then there's certain things where you know a pitcher goes hey i really don't like it when you put your glove down and then the catcher is able to go hey i don't like it when i call an outside fastball and you go glove side on me so um I'm doing that so that if you miss, I can get there days that you're not missing. I don't have to move my glove at all. I can, I can simplify. I can always do less when you're on, um, you know, or, Hey, I'm, you know, hey, I'm going to pitch at the top of the zone. So I really, it's really distracting for me when you go down to the ground and then, you know, to that catcher, yeah, it's kind of dumb. If I'm pitching at the top of the zone, I probably shouldn't be going down with my glove anyway. I should probably, you know, be a little bit higher target, relax my hand so I have timing, right? But not have to travel, you know, three feet to catch a ball, you know, at the top of the zone. And it, it like, I, like I said, I just think it's so, it's so like the shift has become catchers. Get yourself into a position where you physically can have success, you know, but I think – now being able to explain to your pitcher, you know, why you know you do that. You know, some guys don't like it when a right hander's up and a guy's on one knee, they don't like that inside knee being uh down. They don't like the glove side knee being down because they feel like there's a window there that they they don't have something to throw to, they don't have that tunnel. Um, you know, it's like, okay, so if I'm gonna go on a knee for that pitcher, like you said, I gotta be a I gotta, I gotta be able to serve to him. So I've got to work on having that, you know, that knee up so that he has that focal point that he's looking for. And I got to realize, can I get to that? Can I work it? But now my bullpens, every time I go to that side of the plate, if I'm going to be on a knee, I got to have that knee up. And now I can get reps. That's going to allow me, you know, to, to kind of push myself and also make it game like, you know, and like I said, I, I think, the conversations are starting to be more dialogue between catcher and pitcher and not so much the pitcher just telling the catcher what he wants and the catcher just just being like, yeah, yeah, sure, no, no, we got it. You know, I think now there's a little more information where he's like, I can do that, but if I do this, I think I could help you more.
1: Yeah, no, and it, that's an awesome point. I mean, cause at, at the higher levels at our level, like we've got the data to prove it. We've got cameras set up on cameras and, you know, we can show them, Hey, we're going to get that pitch more times than not. And, you know, vice versa. I think at the high school, you know, college level might be a little more difficult, but I mean, if that guy's raising his right hand and it's like, Hey, just keep following me, man, I'll, I'll get that pitch for you. Let's go. And every pitching coach, whether you're old school or, you know, whatnot, it's like, Hey, pitch down in the zone, pitch down in the zone. It's like, well, if I can get that glove to the bottom of the zone and work up, I'm, I'm helping you out. I'm doing what the pitching plan you want is like right. may go look a little bit different, but it, it doesn't matter what it looks like from a catching perspective. It matters what the guy behind me, he's raising that right hand. We're getting that right. call. So, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter like stylistic what it looks like. It just matters like, is it working? And, you know, you don't want to cookie cutter anybody and you don't want to, you know, again, coach the athleticism out of it. But, you know, I, I think, but that's a great point. Like putting the dialogue back into it, where it's like catchers for a lot of times just felt like, I mean, just a backstop back there, like just stick your right. glove up and, you know, do what I tell you to do now. It's like, uh, it's more of that conversation.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I think, like I said, it, it's, it's such a fun time to kind of be in the catching world just because a lot of this information's happening and, and, and it's, and it's great because there's, you know, anytime there's pushback on something, that's when, you know, there's, it's a good point, right? Like when, you know, um, if you're, you know, committed to what you think as, you know, how things should be done and someone else is, and there's a conversation there and both people can make points. That's, that's when, you know, things start getting hammered out. And that's what I really enjoy, you know, having conversations and just being like, okay, well, why don't you like this? What, what about this? And, you know, and then I go, and I always say, just, don't tell me for style, you know. Like, you know, it's all about functionality. So, if 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 I can get this to be functional for you, and and I love the the term "raise the right hand." If I get that right hand raised, you know, that's that's the thing that I want to be working on, and um, you know, and I want to work together with you on how to do it. So I I think that's a that's that's an that's an awesome awesome way to think about it. You know, it's it, being able to go back and forth. Um, you know, like I said, I, I absolutely love that thought process. So last thing, I know it's Thanksgiving week. I don't want to keep you too long, but last thing I think this would be kind of cool is just because there's so many people back there that don't have the catching background. Uh, you know, you have the high school coaches, uh, you got college coaches, you got showcase coaches, right. And everybody goes to the pop time, right. And everyone, cause that's the one metric that everyone can do sort of easily, you know, everyone understands it. Right. Well, I I think it's funny. I see tweets and and stuff on social media all the time. You know, the the number one thrower in the MLB uh, (laughs) would be ranked like 183rd, according to, you know, perfect games, uh, you know, newest, uh, you know, pop time rankings. Uh, So obviously the, the, the pop time and getting, you know, being a great catcher uh, you know, it's good. It's a good, it's a good metric, but, I don't know. Like in your opinion, if I'm a high school coach or I'm a college coach scouting, like I'm a pitching coach or I'm an infield guy, I'm on the road and I'm, I'm trying to find a guy that could actually help my, my club, you know, from behind the plate, you know, take away the stick, take away, you know, just from a defensive standpoint. Um, because I see a lot of times, you know, you, you colleges will bring in like three dudes, guys mash mash. And then it's like, the one guy who can receive, can't throw. That's the guy that starts every game because yep. the pitchers love throwing to him. So, you know, maybe just a couple of things that you see, like when you are out and you're watching a game on how to know that a guy can catch, receive and help your club, you know, from behind the plate.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love big strong athletic kids that can throw the absolute you know crap out of the baseball. But like, like you said, like pop time and these high school pop times, like, yeah, is it ridiculous? Sure. I mean, you know, you have to have a lot of things going, right. Whether it's velocity, whether, you know, to get a good pop time, it's got to be velocity where you have to have an absolute quick exchange where I think like with, you know, programs like driveline, things like that, I think you can build arm strength, um, out of guys and with throwing programs and as guys, guys mature, they're going to get better arms. I think training transfer, like you're looking at tenths of a second and, and that's really tough to, to kind of train and manipulate those tenths of a second, um, you know, I know the pop time in the Twitter world has been going uh, a little crazy lately with everything. So, but I mean, I've been at those showcases. I mean, I have had those same pop times. They, they cheat it. It's not, not game speed. It's not to tag time. And I think that's where kind of some guys get in trouble where, you know, they could throw a one eight, but it's a one eight way up here and right. they got to come throw a tag down. So being accurate with it, um, kind of means, means a lot more than, you know, throwing that absolute pop time. Cause you know, you'll go see you know games play, or you know, you'll go you know in college or high school, and those guys who are aren't throwing it, you know, um, you know with that velocity are, are getting guys out. So right. there's more than one way to get those um, throw those runners out. And you know, as you keep going higher and higher outside of college and in pro, that you run less and less, as you know, you're going to try to try to bash a little bit more. But right. um, what I'm looking for out of catchers is, is guys who like just love um, being behind the plate, guys who are blocking up baseballs, guys who just have that mentality that, you know, that football or that hockey mentality mm-hmm. where they're going to go, go and be an absolute animal back there, because it's not a catching not a glamor position. It's not that glamor wide receiver position. Like, yeah, you get to put on the gear, you know, you might have a custom glove or, or whatnot, but it's a, it's a dirty position that you've got to be ready to, you know, kind of take a ball in the throat and get up and nobody wants to see you cry about it, you know, where. Right you know, shortstop can, you know, trip on his shoelaces and everybody runs out and, you know, you're going to take one direct in the cup and, you know, ah, rub dirt on it and you're good, you know? So if you're not tough, it, it's a, it's a tough position um, to play. Um, so that's where I think it, it's tough falling in love with the showcase setting of, of identifying a good catcher because they're not catching that guy that they've caught, you know, you don't have that relationship built. Um, so that's where it may take a lot more time, but that in college and high school, you're going to win, being strong up the middle. If you're not right. really good behind the plate, if you're not really good shortstop, really good in center field. And, and obviously on the mound, it's going to be tough getting wins and, and collecting them because those are all the strong teams have that. Um, but I want a defensive first catcher because if I can, if I can do some things offensively and that catcher can, you know, create a good at bat, then he's going to bring so many more times. Cause he's like you said earlier, he's going to be, he's going to have 120, 150 pitches per game that I don't care what he does with those nine. If he's a productive out, I mean, law of averages, he's going to get a little, he, at least a hit to every 10, at, 10 at bat. So, right. you know, just try to pick and choose, but I, I like those um, leadership and kind of talking to the coaches, kind of seeing where he trains, um, you know, seeing how invested he is in, in the position. Those are, those are all things. And if he's that guy in high school catching every game, like maybe he's the best guy, but maybe he's that guy that, you know, the pitchers really love throwing to. And I, I talked about that with our, with the, when, when I was in college, like all the time, like be that guy that the pitchers are forcing me to play you. Like if it's at 50, right. 50 and I go to my ace and I'm like, Hey, who do you want? You want, you know, Jack or Ray. And he's like, Oh, I really want Jack. Then guess what, <laughs> right. Jack, you're, you're playing. Right. So um, be that guy that, that they want you to play.
0: Yeah, no, and I think, um, especially in that showcase setting, when you're not catching tons of bullpens with these guys, you know, it's sometimes like who are those catchers that it doesn't bother, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, all of a sudden that guy's ball runs or that guy's slider does something that he had never seen before. Who are the guys that you don't know? Like, you know, the, like the, the presence and I, and I always get, you know, I always like it when I watch a kid catch and, you know, he, he hasn't, he has no idea who these guys are, but at the same time he doesn't show it. Like there's no, like, you know, it, it just, there's such a presence and there's such a uh, calmness, you know, he's so secure uh, who he is back there that, you know, there's a mistake made. It's not the end of the world. It's just, okay, that happened. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the next pitch and let's roll.
1: Yeah, and even in that showcase setting, when when those guys see radar guns pop up and they they know college coaches are there, that slider they're gonna might do a little bit more with it. That fastball is gonna have a little more giddy up on it. So, how do they handle that? And it's tough to quantify that that if factor, but you know, obviously when you see it, you see it, and um, you know that's what we're all trying to look for and trying to get. But it's that the calmness of receiving those pitches that they're not stabbing and it's kind of everything seems easy and nothing overwhelms them because you know as they go up, it's gonna go. You know, you don't have that hour and a half time limit game, that two hour time limit game. You, right. You're there four hours before the game. You're taking BP. You've got your drills and kind of things. And then you just played the night before too. And you had, oh, you had a three hour bus ride to get up there. So, you know, it's just, you just take a lot more of a beating. So that's where the mentality comes in that you really got to love this game in order to keep playing it after high school, into college. And then you really have to have that next year to, to take it to the professional level.
0: No nah, man I, I I couldn't agree more this has been great um, really appreciate you coming on uh, like I said enjoy Thanksgiving uh, with your family uh, today on the catcher you podcast we had Ray Ricker positional coach catching with the Philadelphia Phillies